Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a good day so far. Welcome to Women in Ministry TV broadcast now live on YouTube and Facebook Live. I am so excited. I never would have dreamed I would be doing something like this. I know it's been um, kind of a roller coaster with me, um, <laughs> but this is, I'm excited about this. And so I'm, um, first, let me back up. My name is Deanna Fullerton. <laughs> I'm a licensed clinical pastoral counselor and an ordained minister for pastoral care and a founder of Eagles Rest Counseling in Middle Tennessee. Thank you so much for joining me today as we continue to study the names of God. Last week, um, we discovered the name of El Elyon, the Most High God. My hope is that through our study, you were able to identify, number one, the supremacy, the majesty, and the power and authority of El Elyon, the Most High God. Number two, it is El Elyon, God Most High, that rules in the kingdom of men, and his rulership is absolute. Number three, all of us have trials, and every one of us needs a refuge. And number four, there are different different types of refuge, but there is only one refuge that is adequate and trustworthy. And to that one, El, El Elyon, we all have, may have access. So today um, we're going to be studying El Olam, the everlasting God. Um, El is translated as God, as we have learned, and Olam means forever, eternity, or everlasting. So when you combine the two, El Olam, it can be translated as the eternal God. Other translations are the everlasting God, the God of eternity, the God of the universe, and one of my favorites, the God of ancient days. El Olam is first used in Genesis 21:33, and it reads, Genesis 21:33, then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. I would encourage you, I'm, I have a whole lot more scriptures to go over today, so I'm not going to go into depth of this, but I want to encourage you to go back and read Genesis 21, especially Genesis 21 33, through 33. It's the full story of Abimelech, Abimelech. I was having a hard time saying this word this morning, but I've got it, Abimelech, the king of Gerar and Phicol, the commander of his army. So fast forward through the story, and we see that Abraham and Abimelech made a covenant with each other at Beersheba. Once they return, once Abimelech returned to the land of the Philistines, Abraham planted a grove, and a, or near a grove, he planted a tamarisk tree. Wait, yes, a tamarisk, sorry, tree there at Beersheba. And he called on the name of the Lord, 
the everlasting God. We see that even through this time of conflict that he was having within his own family and among his neighbors, Abraham keeps a real live walk with God. He was seeking rest and peace. And it was therefore appropriate that he should invoke that name of God, which implied his all-sufficiency and unchangeableness. The point we all need to see here is that conflict may drive us away from God, but we should allow it to push us closer to him. Times change, people change, governments change, everything changes, but God doesn't. He never has and he never will. He has been who he currently is and who he will be forever, forever and ever in a world that is spinning so rapidly. Oh my goodness, so fast. Nothing seems to be dependable anymore. Nothing seems to be constant. But God doesn't change. People will fail you. Programs will fail you. People will disappoint you. They will make and break commitments. Companies will make and break commitments. You will be betrayed. But God never will. So who I want to kind of go into more depth of who is El Elom and what can we expect? And this is where you're going to need your Bible because I'm going to cover some scripture. A lot of ground is going to be covered today. Um, so first of all, I want to say that El Alam is an everlasting king. And turn to me, um, Jeremiah 10.10. So get your Bible app or your Bible's handy. And we're going to go to Jeremiah 10.10. And it reads, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his in indignation. So I love commentaries. And one of my favorites, is, one of my other favorites is Matthew Henry's commentary. And I love what, how he took this one scripture, and this is how he explained this one scripture. So look upon him with relation to his creatures. He is a king and an absolute monarch. He's over them all. He is their owner and ruler. He has an incontestable right both to command them and dispose of them. As a king, he protects his creatures. He provides for their welfare, and he preserves peace among them. He is an everlasting king. The counsels of his kingdom were from everlasting, and the continuance of it will be everlasting. He is king of eternity. The idols whom they call their kings are but of yesterday and will soon be abolished. And the kings of the earth that set them up to be worshipped will themselves be in the dust shortly. But the Lord shall reign forever by God, O Zion, until all generations. And that is what El Olam is, an everlasting king. 
So we also find through quite a few scriptures that El Olam is an everlasting father. The prophet Isaiah declares, and I'm going to be in Isaiah for quite some time here. So um, if you'll turn to Isaiah 9, 6, this is probably a very familiar scripture to you all. The prophet Isaiah declares in Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah gives us a few names here, but the one I want to focus on today is the Everlasting Father. We have a Heavenly Father who will always be there for us. It doesn't matter what you have done or what you have not done. You can always go to our heavenly, our everlasting father. He is there today. He was there yesterday. He's there today. And he will be there tomorrow with loving arms, holding them out, wanting to accept you and embrace you. So we've got... Um, the other um, name for our description for El Olam is everlasting strength. So go to Isaiah 26, 4. It says, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. And then another one, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. This is another familiar scripture. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and read that. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So um, I found this little story about a mother eagle and her eaglet. And um, I'm going to read it or um, read it to you um, because I feel like it fits very well with the scripture and what God does with us when we are weak and we need strength. So a mother eagle will build a comfortable nest for her young. I uh, think you can even watch this being done on the live, the Eagle um, live cams where you can watch um, a mother building, the mother and father participating in building the nest for their eaglets or for their eggs to be hatched. Um, you could, I don't know where, but I'll find it and I could post it later. <laughs> but a mother eagle, she'll build this nest, okay. So in padding it with feathers from her own breast. But God, 
um, the God-given instinct that builds that secure nest also forces the eaglets out of it before long. Once they're hatched and they're ready to go, the mother is forcing them out of the nest. Eagles are made to fly and love will not fail to teach them. Only then will they become what they are meant to be. So one day the mother eagle will disturb the twigs of the nest, make it, making it an uncomfortable place to stay. Then she will pick up her, her perplexed eaglet, soar it into, sky, into the sky and drop it. That may seem a little harsh, but it's really not. The little bird will begin to free fall. Where is mama now? She's not far away. Quickly, she will swoop under and catch the fledgling on one strong wing. She will repeat this exercise until each eaglet is capable of flying on its own. Are you afraid of free falling? I know I am. This right here, what I'm doing is very scary, <laughs> but I am um, allowing God to hold me and walk me through it. But um, it was very scary the first time. <laughs> so remember, God will fly to your rescue. And he always does at the very last moment. You feel like I cannot do this any longer. I don't have the words to speak. And at the very last moment, the Lord comes in. He will fly to your rescue and spread his everlasting arms beneath you. He will also teach you something new and wonderful through it. Falling into God's arms is nothing to be afraid of. Let that sink in. Falling into God's arms is nothing to be afraid of. So moving right along, El Olam is eternal and timeless with no limitations. We read in Isaiah 15, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Once again, I, I went to the Matthew Henry commentary because I like how he, he explains it. First with, the, first, with these, God will dwell. He will visit them graciously, will converse familiar, familiarly with them by his word and spirit, as a man does with those of his own family. He will be always nigh to them and present with them. He that dwells in the highest heavens dwells in the lowest hearts and inhabits securely, inhabits sincerity as surely as he inhabits eternity. In these he delights. Secondly, God will revive their heart and spirit. He will speak that to them and work that in them by the word and the spirit of his grace which will be reviving to them as a cordial to one that is ready to faint. He will give them reviving joys and hopes sufficient to counterbalance all the griefs and fears that break their spirits. He dwells with them and his presence is reviving. So El Olam, we see also that he is 
is all his people will ever need from generation to generation. We read this in these scriptures from Psalms and a few in, I found a few in the New Testament. So um, Psalms 90 verse two says, before the mountains were brought forth, O ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalms 100 verse five, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Psalms 103, 17 says, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. And a few in the New Testament, flipping over to the New Testament now, Romans 1.20 states, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his internal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We also see in Romans 16.26, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. And verse or first Timothy 117. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So we see through all those scriptures that El Olam is for all his people from generation to generation. He never ends. He's for for eternity from our ancestors to the generations to our um, future generations. He is God and he will be there forever. So El Olam, what another area I want to really dive into is El Olam shows loving kindness. El Olam will never withdraw his loving kindness from us. His loving kindness is eternal. This truth is repeatedly emphasized throughout scripture. 44 times in the Old Testament, El Olam's loving kindness is proclaimed as everlasting. Loving kindness can be described as a faithful love in action, a persistent and unconditional tenderness, kindness and mercy, a relationship in which he, meaning God, seeks after man who is really not seeking after him. That's loving kindness. You can, and I'm not going to read all of these. I do want to go into one of the Psalms, but you can find his everlasting loving kindness in the first and second Chronicles, all throughout the Psalms in Isaiah and Jeremiah. But let's turn our our Bible to Psalms 136. And I'm going to read the whole chapter because it is about God's mercy enduring forever and ever and ever. And these are examples for us that has taken place and we are to be reminded about his mercy. 
So if you'll go to Psalms 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him alone, to him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who, to him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, as the sun comes out behind me, for his mercy endures forever. For the moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever, and brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great, great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sion, king of the, of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage, heritage to Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. I'm almost finished. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. What an awesome, this just, I think in the very beginning, it goes over the things that we had already talked about in the other names of God in the previous um, weeks. And then it goes through all that he has done for his people. And then it talks about what he's going to do and what he is doing for all of us. So I hope you were encouraged by that. Only the everlasting God could provide loving kindness, which is everlasting and would allow his prophet Jeremiah to make the bold declaration in Lamentations 4, 21 through 24. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope through the Lord's mercies, 
we are not consumed because his, his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. So, and I just looked at the time. I'm going to quickly go through this. But how do we approach El Alam? El Alam. Now that you and I have knowledge of who he is, of his name, and what his name represents, what, and what he does for us, what is our part? Well, let's go back to um, what Abraham did. We're going to pray and pray to him and praise him and pray in accord with his everlasting name, El Olam. Solomon gives a great example in Psalm 72, 17 through 19. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Another thing we're, to do, we're called to do is to worship. Worship the revelation of his name, El Olam. We have learned earlier that Abraham already knew God as El Shaddai and El Elyon. Today we see that God revealed, revealed he is El Olam and Abraham responded to this new revelation by setting apart, setting apart a place to worship and worshiping him. A thought I want to leave you with is when God's spirit eliminates the scripture, showing us something about God that we did not understand, know or understand, the proper response is to worship. Indeed, progressive revelation or illumination should be the sa our saints, us, our, the saints' desire and experience. And as we go through life and grow in spiritual maturity, we, like Abraham, should learn more and more about God so that we might worship him with a greater awareness and awe, even as did the psalmist David. And one last scripture, Psalms 145, 1 through 2. I will extol, extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. So how can we apply this to our life today? Three questions I would love for you to ponder this week as you go forward. How is El, El, El Olam showing you today that he is your everlasting father? Number two. How is El Alam showing you today his loving kindness? And number three, do you need to make some adjustments on how you approach our Heavenly Father, El Alam? So I've been sharing a couple personal stories the last couple times, and today I feel like I need to share another one. <laughs> so personally, Eternity is hard to grasp, the concept of eternity. It just so happens that this weekend is my husband 
husbands and I, my, no, my one husband, my one husband and I's 33rd wedding anniversary. That is a long time. But to put into perspective, it, it is not eternity. There have been seasons over these years that has felt like eternity. Um, the nine months that we had to wait for our son Daniel to be born felt like eternity because we were so excited to see this bundle of joy and see the gift that the Lord had given us. And, but it felt like eternity. During my husband's two separate deployments, um, two separate year-long deployments, those felt like eternity. The one year, it felt like eternity. And this one, um, is really funny <laughs> for my husband, uh, waiting me for me to get ready to go somewhere. I know that feels like eternity for him. <laughs> These are just a few of the examples that we have gone through that felt like eternity, but in essence, very temporary. The best part is that regardless of how many more years my husband and I get to spend celebrating our anniversary, it is really a drop in the bucket compared to the eternity that we get to spend in heaven with our El Alam, Everlasting Father. So now I'm going to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you. We know that eternity is a long, long time. And Lord, just continue to prepare us to get ready to spend eternity with you. Lord, I thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you for all of these examples that you give in your word that we can go to any time that we need help to figure out who you are and who you are to us and how that we can live our lives daily. Lord, I thank you for those that are watching and those that will watch the um, replays of this video. Lord, if they do not know Jesus Christ as their personal savior, Lord, I pray that today will be the day that they reach out. And not, do not hesitate to know that they can and will spend eternity with you forever and ever. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I praise your name. I praise you who, for who you are. And we worship you. Lord, thank you for just this time. And I give, you, I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you, my friends, for joining me today. I hope that you will tune in every Friday, Women in Ministry TV broadcasts, either YouTube channel or Facebook Live. And at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, as we discover together the many names of, um, of God. As always, I will upload this broadcast to my podcast, Devotions with Deanna. And if you have specific prayer requests you'd like me to pray for you, you can send me an email at devotionswithdeanna at gmail.com. And I have some very exciting news. I think it will start happening next week or very, very soon. Um, they're going to be adding Women in Ministry TV broadcasts will be adding a 1-800 number. So you could call if you're hearing something, not just from me, but from in one of the other ministers that are praying and teaching on this um, broadcast. You could call immediately and get someone to pray for you. So thank you for joining me today and you have a wonderful and blessed day.